welcome. I feel like I should pray, you know, like it's a transition to, to pray or something. Can we pray? Yes. Father, thank you for, um, for this time, Lord, where we can just look into your word. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would speak to us, that, Lord, you would show us something in our lives, Lord, that, that we can improve on, um, and that, Lord, you would help us to, to understand your word and to put it into practice so that it may bear fruit in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you guys take your seats? Cool. Guys, I'm so excited to be here tonight. And um, I just wanna say thank you to, to Andre and Leanne for the, for the privilege of being able to share God's word with you. Um, I love you guys, Andre and Leanne, and love your passion and your courage to extend God's kingdom. I've always admired that. And we just think you guys are awesome. Guys, I have really loved this series, Dangerous Prayers. My heart has been stirred. And I loved when Lucanio shared a few weeks ago, and he spoke about just how he had a burden while he was at school, and a holy discontent, you know, um, for this nation. That place you reach where you just, you can't take it anymore. Something has to change. And that led him to pray, God, make me more bold. And then uh, last week, Matt spoke, and Matt's this huge guy, and uh, his heart just came through. And he spoke about how we can choose to leave a legacy that will carry on long after we're gone. And I was super challenged by that message. And then talk about leaving a legacy, uh, Matt and the guys stepping out today in Camps Bay, uh, in Courage. That's such a bold and courageous step. And um, I believe that, that these bold and courageous steps come from praying dangerous prayers. And I think that uh, God uses it when we, when we come to him and we pray with all our hearts, God, use me to change this nation. You know, James chapter 5, verse 16 says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that awesome? So our prayers bring huge change. And God actually uses our prayers to mobilize us and to get us moving. And that's why I've loved this series because we've been going on a journey and, and, and we're moving somewhere. We're moving from somewhere to where God wants us to be. And that's one of the, the blessings of coming to church every week is that we get to go on this journey one week at a time and we get to do it together. But guys, tonight, I wanna to look at another dangerous prayer. And this, is, this prayer is, God, take me beyond myself. And this prayer has really impacted my life. God, take me beyond myself. And if we're gonna change a city, if we're gonna impact a nation, we've gotta be really serious about this prayer and about going beyond ourselves. You know, sometimes we can get stuck on ourselves, eh? Um, I, uh, Jess and I were living in Zambia and we, we lived and worked in a little town called Mongu. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you may have been there. Has anyone been there? Here we go, a couple of people. And um, we had flush toilets, we had a few shops, we had uh, a couple of stop signs, you know? I think there were two stop signs. So it wasn't quite Cape Town, but it was comfortable, you know? Um, the vision 
of our project was to have a church within walking distance of every person living in the western province of Zambia. And we would travel out to a village, we would preach the gospel, and amazingly, people would get saved, and a church was born. And there was such a feeling of, of accomplishment and of being used by God. It was such a great privilege. But there was this one guy, Paul. Uh, he actually started the work. And Paul was always curious. So every time we planted a church, Paul would ask, I wonder who lives beyond these villages? Let's go and see. And so of course we would, we would go with him and we would go further and further away from our comforts, away from the, the flush toilet, away from the shower. And then we would stay in that village and we would share the gospel. And then after a little while, Paul would say, I wonder who lives beyond these villages. And it became quite a joke, you know, we just, we just like, we, we got, we were just waiting for the question now, you know, when's Paul gonna, gonna say like, what's beyond here? But so much happened because of that question. I wonder what's beyond here. And you know, God always has more for us. God didn't save us just to, to stay where we are, right? But he always has more. The word, the word says he has more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And so whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, God has got more. And we always need to be asking ourselves the question, what's beyond here? And there's always further that we can go beyond ourselves. Are you guys with me tonight? But this is quite challenging because we're actually taught to think about ourselves. Yeah, I think from very young, I think that's how we raise our kids, you know, like, like make your own bed, do everything for yourself. And then we, we hear as we're growing up, if it's meant to be, it's up to, yeah. So I've got to look out for myself. I must take care of myself. And we mustn't be too caring for others because they might come back again and again, you know, and they might take advantage of you. And then even the way we make decisions, we just naturally think of ourselves. What's the best for me? You know, how will this benefit my life? How will this affect my growth? But Jesus, he clearly calls us to go beyond ourselves and to think of others. Not just what's best for me, excuse me, that's a sign that I need some water. Not just what's best for me, what's best for others? How will this help others? And how does this affect other people's growth? You know, a few years ago, I heard this story, which I've never forgotten. Um, it's about this guy called Paul, and he got a car from his brother for Christmas. That's a pretty cool gift, eh? And so he was walking out of his work the one day, and uh, he sees his car in the parking lot, and there's this teenager walking around the car. And he, 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 you know, this teenager looks like he's a bit down and out and that he doesn't have much. And uh, the, the, the teenager asks him, hey, mister, is this your car? And he says, yes, my, my brother bought it for me for Christmas. And he says, wow, that is amazing. I wish, and, and Paul like, thought, I know what he's gonna say. He's gonna say, I wish I had a brother like that. But what the boy said surprised Paul because he said, I wish I could be a brother like that. 
And then Paul said, okay, would you, would you like a lift? Because it was a really cool car. I think it was a Ferrari or something. And, uh, and so they go for a drive. <laughs> okay, okay, cool down, guys. They go for a drive, and um, this guy says, this teenager says to him, would you mind going past my house? And he thinks, I know, I know what he wants. You know, he wants his friends and his family to see him driving in this car. And so they pull up at his house, and he, he runs inside, and he comes back carrying his disabled brother. And he says, look, there she is, buddy. I just like I told you, his brother bought it for him, and he didn't pay anything. And one day, I'm going to buy you one just like that. Isn't that a cool story? But you know what? That challenges our thinking. See, God wants us to, to think beyond ourselves and to think about how we can be a blessing to others. Jesus, just before he was arrested and tortured, he said these words. He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. If it dies, it produces many seeds. And we know that that's what happened, right? Jesus laid down his life and 2,000 years later, it's still producing a harvest of new seeds, of new life all over the place. And if we want to follow Jesus, we have to sometimes be prepared to give up our own desires and our own plans in order to serve Him and His plans. We have to go beyond ourselves. Does that make sense? But listen to the promise, I, like, I love this. If we go beyond ourselves, we will produce many new seeds. God will work through your life if you put others first, if you put God's plans first, and through your life, it will produce many new seeds, a harvest. So there's this story in Matthew 9. Um, we see Jesus' passion for others, and we see how he, he shares this passion with his disciples and he wants them to catch it. And, you know, if you read in, in, in Matthew, uh, I think seven, eight, nine, you see how, how Jesus is going around and he's healing people. The, the, the owner of the synagogue came to him and said, my daughter is ill. And on, he goes with him and on the way the daughter dies. But Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, just believe. And they get there and he raises her to life. He, he meets a demon-possessed man with thousands, possessed with thousands of demons, sets him free, and the man becomes an evangelist. He goes out and tells everybody what God has done for him. He feeds the 5,000. He, he walks on water. He's pouring himself out for others and going beyond his own comforts. And then, and then in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, it's like Matthew... Um, it's like he just describes how Jesus has been going about doing his ministry. I want to read it to you. Cool. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them 
because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his harvest field. So I love these verses. I really, really love these verses. Because this passage reminds us that every person matters to God. Every person matters to Him. And He gives us the job to go and reach people. We're actually called co-laborers with Christ. That means we're, we're on, the, on the job with Him, working shoulder to shoulder. And it says He went through all the towns and villages of that area. Wow teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every disease and illness. I love that he went beyond where he was to the people. He had a big vision. Every person in every town and every village needed to hear the good news. You know, if it was me, I would, I would, just, I would have some questions. Like, where's the money gonna come from? Do we have enough people, you know? Um, how's this all gonna work? Jesus, maybe we should just like chill here and, um, you know, where, where it's comfy and just we'll send out invites and the people can come to us, right? But he believed that people mattered most. So he went beyond his comforts. And it says he shared the good news, the good news about the kingdom. Guys, we've got to be reminded that it's good news. This is the best news we could ever hear. Jesus has taken your place. He's paid all your debts. He's given you a hope and a future, an incredible purpose to live for, a family to belong to, and he's a constant help in time of need. This is good news. You know, for, um, for some of us, we grew up in church and we grew up learning about this, and that's awesome. For me and for, for Jess, uh, for Severo, I know I, I heard his testimony the other week. We didn't grow up learning about this. Um, we only, I only found out about this when I was 16 years old and I experienced the gospel for the first time. And it was so awesome to me. It was so mind-blowing that God wanted a relationship with me. And I remember thinking to myself, why didn't someone tell me about this before? I mean, this is incredible news. And so guys, we've got to remember that this is good news. J. John, in our, in our series we just did, he said, in order to share the gospel confidently, we've got to have confidence in the gospel. It's the gospel that changes lives. It's, it's good news. So we've got to have confidence sharing the gospel. And maybe you struggle with that. Maybe you find it difficult to share the gospel with others. I just want to give you five quick tips Okay, and, and this is how we can bless others with the good news. And so it actually is the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. The B is for begin with prayer. That's the most important thing, right? But sometimes we forget to, do, to take that first step. Begin by praying for others. The L is for listen to them. Find out what's important to them and be a friend to them. The E, eat with them or socialize with people. And, and you know, I like, um, I like what Matthew did when Jesus called him, Matthew the tax collector. 
He followed Jesus and the first thing he did was he went and got all his heathen friends and he had a party and he invited Jesus and his disciples to be there as well. And, and you know, when we, when we socialize with people, when we eat with them, that's when they get to know who we really are and they get to, to know us and get to, to uh, know our hearts. The S is for serve them. So find ways to be helpful, be a blessing to them. So if you've got a car, someone needs a lift, go out of your way to help them. And then the last S, share your story. Share what Jesus has done in your life. Is that helpful? Guys, the next verse says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Notice that it says when he saw the crowds. So he saw so many people and he saw how they were confused and helpless. They had heard the teachings of the Pharisees and other teachings as well. And they were confused about what to believe. Don't you find it's just like that today? There's so many different philosophies and beliefs. Even churches, you know, will, will, will tell you different things. And people are totally confused about what to believe. They were helpless. They had health problems, financial problems. You know, they, they, they felt like they were in bondage. Some of them were possessed by demons. And they looked desperate. And guys, we've got to, we've got to remind ourselves, Jesus wasn't just talking about poor people. Somebody can be super rich. They can look like they've got everything they need, but they can be just as hopeless. They can be helpless because they are sheep without a shepherd. Just in the, can, can I be real for a second? And this is just to shock us a bit, but just in the last month, between Tableview and Malkbos, there's been four suicides. People who either attended a service or connected to somebody who is coming to our churches, four people who said, I can't take it anymore, I feel helpless. And so they, they took their life. And guys, we've got to realize that there's, there's people out there who are desperate and they're crying out for help. And we've got to be like Jesus, we've got to see people's needs and we've got to have compassion on them. Don't you love that word, compassion? Um, I heard this definition recently. Compassion is letting other people's pain into your heart. So it's, it's feeling what other people feel. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He let people's pain into his heart. And do you know what? Then he did something about it. He always did something about it. In Romans 12 verse eight, it actually tells us that this is a spiritual gift. It's called the gift of showing mercy. And so this tells us it's a work of the Holy Spirit, that sometimes that feeling of, of compassion, that feeling that you have where you feel broken for someone, it's actually the Holy Spirit who's, who's, who's breaking your heart. And notice that it's called the gift of showing mercy. Not just the gift of mercy, it's the gift of showing mercy. So we've gotta not just feel for people, but we've gotta actually show them love and bring hope to them. And so Jesus had compassion on them in this story. So what did he do about it? Well, in verse 37, he pulls his disciples to the side and he says to them, guys, the harvest is ripe. 
The harvest is huge, it's ripe. But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more workers into His harvest field. So Jesus is saying there's nothing wrong with the harvest. People are ready, people are desperate for hope. The harvest is there, the harvest is ripe. But the problem is with the workers who need to get out into the field. And Jesus is sending an urgent call to all of us to be involved in bringing in the harvest. Guys, a few years ago, um, we were visiting a church. Just, just wanna tell you this quick story. Um, in one of the villages in Zambia. And um, when we got there, it was just before the harvest. And so what happens is just before the harvest, people are often very hungry because their food from the last season has all finished and they're waiting for the harvest to come. And, and we could actually see it on the people's faces. Um, they, they, their cheekbones start to show and the collarbones start to show and people just look tired because it's a hectic time. And I pitched my tent and I said to the pastor that night, I said, can you wake me up tomorrow morning? I'd like to come with you guys to the fields and help you with the harvest. And so um, early in the morning, about four o'clock, I, I hear this voice outside my tent, I get up and it's dark. I mean, like I can barely see my hand in front of my face. I take a, a little torch and um, I was so surprised by what I, what I saw, I wasn't expecting it. There's, there's all these people, um, young and old, there's boys and girls, there's little kids who are carrying tools that are almost bigger than them. And, um, and, they were, and I realized that this is serious business, that this is not just like two or three people doing this, but everybody gets involved. And so we walk through the bush and we get to the fields and we work there for I think a couple of hours. And they were laughing at me because um, I'm supposed to be weeding, you know, but I'm like chopping down the milli stalks by mistake and I'm doing the opposite of helping then bring in the harvest. Um, but it was fun and I was so glad that I got to see and experience what it's like to, to just to help. That's just one day and it goes on for, you know, for more than a month, but just to help them bring in the harvest. And what I realized, you know the reason, you know why they all do it together? You know why they treat it with such urgency? Because because they know that if they don't bring it in together, and if they don't work hard, something else will get it. Monkeys or rats or elephants. And so they don't want the harvest to go to waste. And you know, that's what people understood in Jesus' day. When Jesus said the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few, they understood that, if, that, if, that it means that, that it's urgent. We need to go now and everybody needs to get involved. When it comes to the harvest, it's all hands on deck. And so Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest um, and ask him to send more workers into his harvest field. You see, in those days, there was actually somebody in the village who was in charge of the harvest. 
And when they saw that the, the fields were ready, they would, um, they would ring the bell. They would get people to start moving and say, guys, it's urgent. Everybody drop what you're doing and let's go and bring in the harvest. If, you, if you're working in a shop, close your shop. You can open it next month. If you've got a baby, put your baby on your back. Let's go. Everyone needs to be there. And he, that Lord of the harvest would, would make sure that everyone works together to bring the harvest in. Because the harvest is life. And the harvest is what allows you to eat and flourish and trade and barter. And so Jesus is saying, ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask God to send people, that he would ring that bell, that he would stir people's hearts beyond themselves and that they would go. Um, I think the, the keys, can, if I can have the, the keys, that would be awesome. So guys, what do we do about this? We've got to pray. We've got to be praying this dangerous prayer. God, Take me beyond myself. And we've got to pray for workers that will go into the harvest field. I want to challenge us to pray for one minute every day. God, raise up, send workers. We need to pray urgently while the harvest is still ripe. Can we do that? Can we challenge ourselves to pray just for one minute every day? God, raise up and send workers. And secondly, we've got to invest and support those who are going. So our sacrificial giving, it actually helps the gospel go further than we can take it. As a church, we give money to people who are taking the gospel to new communities like Camps Bay, like Kales River, like Zambia, and so many other places where we want to be able to support going forward. And we believe that in this way, we're gonna push the gospel forward. So if you're anything like me, you, you, you know, you've got dreams for your money. You know, you've got things you wanna do, right? I mean, I, I, I would like buy, you know, if it was up to me, I'd just buy steak every week and I would like have a nice braai and hey, every week but when we give we take what we would spend on ourselves and we invest it in bringing the harvest in and then lastly we have to go just like in this story it says Jesus went to all the towns and the villages Jesus went he didn't wait for the people to come to him but he actually went to them and when you've encountered Jesus and you've received hope, it's a privilege to take that hope to someone else. And it's a job for everyone in the room. We gotta, we gotta get up, we gotta pick up that spade, we gotta go out into the harvest field and we've gotta bring it in. So maybe that's you tonight. Maybe, maybe you know that God has moved you with compassion for others and He's calling you to take a step. He's calling you to go beyond yourself and to share the good, new, good news of Jesus with others. So let's close our eyes, guys. If that's you, I wanna pray with you tonight. 
Lord, tonight I, I just thank you, Lord, that you laid down your life for us, Lord, so that we could have life. Thank you, Lord, that you say that the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. And Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice tonight, that we, you would, we would hear your heart for people. And I pray, Lord, that we would say yes to your call. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to be distracted by other things, by things which, which are not as important as this. God, help us, Lord, to keep our focus on what you wanna do and where you're taking us. Help us, Lord, to be aware of the harvest wherever we are, in our workplace, in our schools, in our varsities, in our community, in communities further down the road. Lord, help us to be aware of the harvest and help us, Lord, to say yes to going into your harvest field. God, I pray tonight that you would stir our hearts, that we would hear that bell ringing that says, it's time, guys, we need to go. We need to share hope. In Jesus' name, Lord. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. And then guys, maybe there's someone here tonight that you need to experience the good news. You need hope. And maybe today you wanna respond to the good news of Jesus. Maybe, you know, maybe you're here, but you, you're not sure that you have actually responded to the good news of Jesus might be 50% sure, but you say, I'm not 100% sure that I have actually responded to the good news of Jesus. Tonight, you can be sure. So if that's you, won't you pray this prayer with me now? And I'm just gonna ask you to slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying for. So if there's anyone here tonight that wants me to include them in that prayer, can I ask you just to raise your hand? Thank you very much. Anybody else before we pray? Let's pray together. Just let's all pray this prayer together. Lord, thank you that you gave your life for me. Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Help me to live for you. I give my life to you. Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's honor him. Thank you so much, James. You guys can quickly take your seats. Um, I just, you know, love that James and Jess um, have really lived it out and they still are. And, and just the fact that they would actually, as a young couple, go to Zambia, have children there to, to bring in the harvest. We honor you. And James is also, in Zambia, they celebrated the New Testament being translated. Um, and James has really spearheaded the translating of the Bible there in, into a language that's never been written in. So, so think about it. Think about it. Like that's, for me... You know, like I know Sabelo said to us at View City that he preached the best message ever. But I'm just saying, like that kind of stuff is what I'm talking about, bro. 
just like, but listen, I do. It's, I, I think what you've done already with your life just blows my mind. And you know, what, when James said it, I just really, you know, because now I'm thinking about um, Camps Bay. And, and he's in, when he said the bell's ringing, I thought that's what is ringing for Camps Bay right now. And I felt just even when you said that, that I need to encourage you and, and we need to encourage the church that some of you would wanna give us a month there to bring in the harvest. Some of you might wanna give us two months there, but there are people who want to help us bring in the harvest. It is ready. We never ever gonna be a new church again in Camps Bay. <laughs> This is the season. New things attract new people. And, and there's a bell ringing in Camps Bay right now. And I would love for you to be part of it. Um, and when you said that, I just thought that there's this bell ringing right now in that area. And, and um, there's pretty much one church that they, they are different to us, but they, they sort of similar. There's only one other church and we met with them and we prayed with them. And they actually said, we're so glad you're here because they have been struggling to reach new people. They've actually stopped reaching out as a church. And, and, and we, of course, prayed that something would be ignited there. And, but there is no other bell that's been ringing now to reach out right now there. And, and that's not an arrogant statement, that's just real. Will you help us reach out into that community before we lose? And, and here's the thing, it's like James said, if we don't get it, something else will. Okay, and Chris Matabula, who is a phenomenal leader in our nation. Um, he used to live on the streets and then somebody helped him. And he only started reading when he was 12. And, but he said, people who bring great problems are just harvest that's gone off. And, and, and so sometimes it's our neglect that brings our greatest problems, okay? And he said, you know, where to blame, go get the harvest. And so, I just think it's a phenomenal challenge. Thank you again. Let's just thank James one more time. I appreciate it. Listen, we have got one more week of this, um, of Dangerous Prayers. Um, Leanne's going to be preaching with me next week and then in the evening, um, I'm going to be preaching. So we're excited for that. Um, and then we go into a brand new series. And listen, it's almost Christmas. So um, on the 5th, the 5th of December, we're going to be doing a Christmas experience in Malkbos. And then the 12th, we're going to be doing a Christmas experience in Tableview. Um, and then we're going to be doing a midweek um, outdoor uh, uh, carols by candlelight kind of thing at, on the fields at Camps Bay, on the school fields overlooking the bay. So, so that's going to be a big outreach. So we've got a whole bunch of things coming up. So I encourage you to stay planted. And remember, studies show that the number one reason why people don't come to church, I don't know if you guys know what the number one reason is, why people don't come to church. They say, because no one invited me. That's it. You know what I mean? That's the number one reason people, is they say, no one invited me. And a lot of us think, why aren't they in church? And the number one reason is you didn't invite them yet. And what's the worst thing somebody can say to you if you invite them? No. But what's the cool thing? They say, yes, I'll be there. So, so I encourage you just to invite someone to church next week. Have a blessed Sunday and we'll see you guys soon.